and salam. Welcome to the Muslim Viewpoint, a new podcast series brought to you by American Muslim Today. We're a groundbreaking non-profit digital newspaper which champions civic engagement by informing and empowering the diverse voices of almost 30 million Muslims here in the US and other Western countries. I'm Rifat Malik, I'm AMT's Editor-in-Chief, and today we have an interview with Aziz Budri. He's a board member of the Institute of Medieval and Post-Medieval Studies, an organization dedicated to educating Muslim youth. IMPMS has partnered with the University of Texas at Dallas to promote historical Muslim figures who've made an impact on humanity throughout the centuries. Mr. Baudry tells us about the medieval Muslim scholars who contributed to civilization through mathematics, science, literature, medicine, and modern knowledge. He spoke with our reporter, Maya Geller. Um, so I wanted to start with Al-Farabi. Um, um. And- if you could just tell me about some major contributions he made to, um, I believe it was philosophy. Yeah, philosophy. Al-Farabi actually was born in 872 in a province called Faryab, which is in Afghanistan of today. Yeah, he was renowned in Islamic philosophy. He studied you know, Greek philosophers, but also he had his own school of uh, philosophy, which was based on Islamic knowledge, uh, and in his work is actually continuous up to today. Is studied, studied in many universities and colleges in the Islamic world, but he also was a political philosopher. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, in that in that time, uh, you know, eight seventy two to nine fifty. You know, to have a political philosopher of his, you know, magnitude, it was very rare. <laughs> uh, but he was really, but he also, in addition to that, he did, did metaphysics, he did uh, ethics, and also he did, he wrote about logics, uh, volumes of books. So that that's Farabi. Farabi was, by the way, is buried in Afghanistan. And UNESCO is uh, considering a grant to actually fix his mausoleum, you know, the, the grave that he that is buried in. So they want to make change it to a mausoleum. What is he most known for? What original ideas or specific contribution? Uh, basically, uh, is Islamic philosophy. That's what he wrote about. Is uh, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, and then um, his predecessor, Al-Kindi. 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 Uh, I made a few notes because I don't remember the dates. I want to make sure that I get the dates right. Uh, Al-Kindi was actually one of the first Muslim scholars. He was born in Tunis in 801. He lived up to 873. And I'm sorry, he was born in Kufa, which is a city in Iraq of today, uh, he wrote about philosophy, metaphysics, psychology, science, mathematics, but he's best known for his work in the field of algebra in mathematics, which is really the, uh, the foundation of you know technology of today. Without it, you know today's uh, uh, you know uh, computers. 
would not be possible. And of course, there's another one that we'll talk about later on that contributed more to mathematics. But Alkindi was known more for his contribution to mathematics, yes. And then the next one is Avicenna, Ibn Sina. Ibn Sina, exactly. Ibn Sina was, uh, he's known in the West as uh, Avicenna. Yeah, so that's the Latin name of Ibn Sina. He also was born in Afghanistan, but later on uh, moved to uh, Iran of today. Uh, he, he died there and he was uh, actually buried there. Uh, Ibn Sina is known as the father of modern medicine, uh, even though he was born in 1980, almost a thousand years ago, uh, died in 1037 AD. Uh, so, as, as a matter of fact, his books, uh, one of his books in five volumes called Canons Paununi Ted, which translates in Canons of Medicine. Uh, was taught in, in, in Europe for almost 600 years, up to the uh, 19th century. Uh, 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 but one of the most uh, noted programs that he started, and we are using it today, is quarantine. He started quarantine, uh, which, which was at that time was for 40 days. Um, in Arabic, it was, uh, it was called Arba'in, which means 40. Uh, uh, and they are actually using that uh, uh, quarantine program in uh, in Muslim countries even today for 40 days. But we, here we shorten it to down to 14 days. Uh, you know, uh, uh, when we had COVID, we still have COVID to some extent. Uh, but but he, on top of being a physician, he was also a philo philosopher. Uh, uh, he studied mathematics, he studied psychology, uh, and he, he may have done the very first psychoanalysis in history. Uh, there was a prince in Persia that was sick, you know, uh, he, he never felt good. They brought all the doctors, all the physicians uh, to actually treat him, nobody could. So uh, Avicenna or Avicenna finds out that he was actually lovesick. He loves <laughs> but he couldn't talk about it to, to the king, his father. So and they found out what the problem was, and they uh, they, uh, they treated him. Uh, he actually had a total of 450 publications, 450 publications, where out of which about 240 still survive. Um, Wow. Oh, um, and then Everos Ibn Rushdid, uh, what was his area of focus and major contributions? Ibn Rushd was, uh, you know, he was actually born uh, in, he, he was born uh, in Spain of today, in the city of Cordoba. In that time, uh, he was, uh, um, it, the place was called Andalus, Al-Andalus. Uh, which was under the control of the Muslims at that time. Uh, so uh, he was born on April 14, 1126. Uh, he was a philosopher, a theologian, and in, in his body of work was uh, 
really established uh, the enlightened, enlightenment of uh, Europe uh, and also the rational the school of philosophy in Europe. So he is actually uh, 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 noted for that to, that, uh, to have helped bring about the enlightenment. In all of these, you know, Maya, one of the things that I really need to mention is uh, Renaissance would not have been possible without the contribution of these scholars. Not only their own uh, 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 work, but also they did a lot of uh, translation, uh, you know, of the Greek philosophers and the, the, the former science. So they, they, that was a bridge between actually uh, Renaissance in the in the past. Um, and then the last one is Ibn Khaldun, and then he did economic theory, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's not known as much for that as he is known as the father of sociology, and also he, for the very first time he, he did historiography. So wrote, wrote about that history the way it should be, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, he he was uh, he also was born uh, in two. This is the one that was born in Tunis on May twenty seven, one thousand three hundred thirty two. Uh, actually, uh, undergraduate college uh, at the University of Iowa. Uh, one of my double majors was sociology. Uh, they talked about him a, a little bit, you know. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but in the West, he's not known as father of the sociology. But most most objective uh, Western scholars know they admit that he was uh, the father of so sociology. Um, so we've talked about five figures today, and there is one more, as I mentioned before. Um, are there any other scholars or scientists that will be highlighted throughout the exhibit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, there's a book called One Thousand One Inventions. You know, these are by by the Muslims. So there are so many of them. But the ones that I really like, uh, one is uh, uh, Jabir Ibn Hayyan, seven twenty two to eight o four A.D. He's the father of chemistry. I mean. Uh, uh, when you read about him, uh, he did so much. Uh, some of the uh, formulas in his experimentation we are still using today. Um, uh, you know, it has survived almost 1,200 years. Uh, another one that I, I really like is uh, Al Khwarezmi. Al Khwarezmi, uh, he was born uh, in Central Asia of today. Uh, 780, and he died at 850. But he's the father of algebra and, and also algorithm. Uh, so, and uh, his name, Al Khwarezmi, is Latinized to algorithm. Without this contribution, uh, today's computers would not be possible, uh, uh, encryption would not be possible. Uh, and also, he, he's the one that brought the Arabic numerals zero to nine uh, into uh, the world, actually. So he, uh, that's one, another one that I like. Uh, 
and the next one that I would like to mention is Ibn Haytam. Ibn Haytam, uh, he lived from 965 to 1040 AD. He was the father of optics. And without him, cameras, today's cameras, uh, my eyeglasses, <laughs> and, uh, and lenses, you know, they would, uh, and cameras would not be possible. Uh, and, and there are many, many more that we can talk about, but uh, but those are the ones that I really talk uh, like. Yeah. Right. And so, as you've mentioned, you know, there's all these great scholars, and I know they come from the golden age of Islam, you know, um, during whenever Europe was going through their dark ages. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, they translated all of that Greek work into Arabic, and then they had, and then they could have, they retranslated it back whenever the Renaissance happened. Um, so why do you think that um, their contributions got so lost throughout time and through the Western world? Uh, uh, well, uh, there are many reasons for that. Uh, one, uh, Muslims themselves diverted from science and technology uh, to the theology, uh, you know, they uh, and they thought, uh, especially there was an imam by the name of Razali. He was the principal of a school in Baghdad uh, that they call it the House of Wisdom, uh, and and he's the one that actually uh, uh, tried to uh, divert the curriculum from science and philosophy because he thought, you know, it would uh, 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 ch change the minds of, you know, the students. So he, he went back to uh, theology. Let's just study Islam, uh, forget about everything else. So that was number one. Number two was colonialism. You know, one can, uh, that really, uh, you know, uh, 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 remember, you know, the, the Mughal dynasty of India, you know, uh, 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 they were at the height of, you know, uh, their civilization, you know, they, uh, I mean, they, they were, uh, by some accounts, they were 22, 23% of the GDP of the entire world. But when uh, Great Britain, uh, uh, you know, colonized it for 200 years, uh, the GDP of Great Britain uh, went up from 3% to 24%, and India's down to 4%. So uh, colonization, uh, you know, did not really help the Muslim nations uh, either. Uh, you know, they suppressed education. Uh, they tried to use them more as slaves, as laborers, uh, build railroads from India uh, to uh, all the way to, uh, you know, uh, nations like Kenya, you know, Kenya was another nation that actually uh, historians say about 24,000 Indians died there building the railroads. Uh, so, but those, so one is the Muslims fault themselves because we changed directions. Uh, the second was called uh, colonialism. And then um, uh, Great Britain actually uh, uh, suppressed Muslims uh, totally. Like uh, in India, you know, for instance, when they were in control, uh, uh, they, uh, one of their lords uh, written in, in a book that, you know, Muslims should not be 
given a job anything above janitorial level. So 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 you can you can actually deduce from that uh, why they they could not you know uh, 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 develop science and technology in their nations. Introduce the scholars to not only to the Muslims around the world, but also to non-Muslims, uh, because uh, uh, a lot of even a lot of people, especially even Muslim college students, they think you know everything that has been invented in the past two hundred years is uh, really by the West, and that is not true. You know, there has been other civilizations like Chinese, Indians. And, and Muslim civilizations that have laid the foundation of what we have today. It's not like Thomas Edison just thought, okay, uh, here is electricity, for instance, or, uh, you know, uh, no, it, electricity was invented a thousand, thousand years ago. Uh, so that's what we're trying to actually uh, not only uh, teach the people about uh, the Muslim scholars, but also to encourage Muslim students and non-Muslims to uh, study science and technology, because that's what life is all about. You know, your 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 cell phone, the laptops that we are using this right now. You know, uh, transportation, TV, name it. It's all based on science and technology. Right, and so why is it important to recognize specifically um, historical Muslim scientists? I think it's important for, for us to know the history of science and technology, no matter who actually, you know, uh, uh, contributed to it, you know, uh, almost more than a thousand years ago. Uh, and the reason uh, specifically for Muslims to be recognized is because, you know, the way in this country Muslims are portrayed is, you know, like there are a bunch, 1.8 billion of us. There are a bunch of illiterate, you know, as, as some statistics show that one out of three uh, Muslims are terrorists. So, you know, it's important that we actually teach people, no, we are not terrorists. Uh, we've contributed in the past. We, we are contributing right now. The, the COVID vaccine was actually invented by two Muslims, Turkish Muslims in Germany. Uh, in the sort of uh, COVID uh, vaccination, with Trump administration was a Muslim. Uh, but uh, nobody talks about those except, you know, all the negative images that they can gather, they show that on TV. So, so it is important that we uh, we tell people. And if we don't know our history, how can we actually advance to the future? Right. And so, this exhibit is being um, displayed at UTD, right? Right. And so, um, why is that? Is there a partnership, or is it to engage the youth? <laughs> Uh, actually, uh, it's a partnership uh, uh, in two ways. One, our founder, Dr. Bashir Ahmed, and he's our president right now, he, he gifted a million dollars uh, to the sciences auditorium. And, and it had came in, in his work, Dr. Shakila, so that we had actually, uh, you know, uh, 
a, a grand opening of that just about a couple months ago. And the second part of this uh, partnership is uh, Dr. Mustafa Ishaq uh, Bashaki, who is a, a distinguished professor at UTD. He teaches astrophysics. And, and uh, so the board of directors, we decided to actually do this. Uh, and, and it was actually his hard work that actually came to fruition, uh, Dr. Mustafa's work. And, uh, you know, we all helped, but but he, he's the one that actually made it happen. But this is not the first time, uh, Maya. We've done this in the past. We, we've had programs uh, at UTD, SMU, uh, TCU, and we are all trying to actually propagate the knowledge about, you know, the Muslim scholars. The exhibit, I encourage everybody to go and see it. Uh, uh, it's going to last up to January, January 14th of 2023. Uh, and the reason I want people to see it, because we, we all hear about Isaac Newton, we all hear we hear about Galilee uh, uh, and, and a number of you know uh, great scientists in the past, but we never hear about the contribution of these people. They laid the foundation, uh, and, and I think it's time that you know they are giving credit for it. Uh, and, and one of the best ways is really to uh, attend the, the exhibit. And, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us this week. From me and Maya, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at American Muslim Today. And if you'd like to read more about this story and access more digital content, feel free to check out our website, AmericanMuslimToday.com. Bye for now.